You know, every smidgen of life experience you have has lent itself to creating learning experiences. Don't believe me? Well, that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs, just like you, to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes. Welcome to this episode. I am your host, customer and employee experience strategist, Mark Hain. It is so great to have you along for this episode. My guest for this very special episode is the extraordinary Krista Walsh. You might have remembered her from this time last year. She was my guest. And today we will be talking about life experiences she has had that turned her into an award-winning entrepreneur. My one ask is that if you know somebody who could use this information or if this resonates with you, please go ahead and share the link to this episode. You know, many business operators and managers struggle with risk aversion, often hesitating to make bold moves or decisions due to the fear of failure or the unknown. It's a natural human condition. It's tough to get out of your comfort zone and do something brand new, but this reluctance can impede growth innovation, and responsiveness to evolving market dynamics. Additionally, businesses often encounter unexpected challenges, whether external, like the economic downturns, industry shifts, or even a pandemic, (laughs) or it could be internal, such as personnel issues or operational hiccups. The ability to adapt, learn, and persevere through these challenges is crucial for long-term success. Of bigger note is taking your experience to teach you how to handle the unknowns. So that brings us to our question of the day. When did you cross the threshold of fear to accomplish something brand new? When you look back at it, what held you back? And the fact that it held you back, did it serve you? I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. Why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite social media platform, hashtag it, experience leadership, and be part of this conversation. As I mentioned, I'm really excited to be joined today with the excuse terminator, (laughs) Krista T. Walsh. Krista is the founder and president of KC Collect, a multi-award-winning credit and resource management company in Eastern Canada the first collection agency to be owned and operated by a woman in Atlantic Canada. Today, Krista is a multifaceted entrepreneur and speaker with businesses spanning from debt collection to fitness. She has been named an emerging leader for Atlantic Canada twice. (laughs) She's been named Chamber of Commerce Entrepreneur of the Year and Canada Association Professional Speakers Rising Star and has developed into one of Canada's leading young entrepreneurs. And if that wasn't enough, Krista is the author of the book, 20 Tricks, Tips, and Techniques on Successful Debt Collection, 
and her brand spanking new book, Stories of a Debt Collector Chasing Dollars, Delinquents, and Durangos. <laughs> Krista, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm super excited to be here and chat with you about my new adventures. Well, welcome back. It's nice to have you back again. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, let, before we get into anything, let's talk a little bit about how you serve your clients. So my main business is a collection and resource company. We help small businesses with their AR, whether it's writing credit policies, whether we go in and help them collect on some of the outstanding receivables. You know, as well as I, as in the pandemic, it was a very touch and go time. So people didn't want to ask for their money. They didn't want to enforce. No one knew where their next paycheck was coming from. So it was a very sensitive time for money and accounts receivable. So after the pandemic has been finished, we have a lot of small to medium-sized companies with a lot of AR that needs to be taken care of. And if this AR isn't taken care of, these businesses could cease to exist because they didn't collect on it. Yeah, it's so funny because we're seeing now especially now with the all the debts that people have jumped into over the pandemic, like especially federal programs and stuff where people are now having to start to pay that back. We're really seeing, especially in kind of these mom and pop operations, we're starting to see them start closing their doors. It's a scary time for them. I like to call it a perfect storm because you had pandemic and post-pandemic operations. And then you have the economy that is constantly you know, affecting everyone with inflation going up. So you have not only your AR from the pandemic, but then you have inflation where people are simply do not have the resources that they have or the financial stability that they had previously just because everything is happening at once. Yeah, I think it's important also just to quickly note that AR means accounts receivables. So that's everything that people owe you is your AR, is your accounts receivable. <laughs> Krista, I mean, for a woman to be in this position is unique. And the fact that you're the only one in, in Atlantic Canada doing this, how did you get into this line of work? I tell my people I am a very unconventional person. My story is kind of ridiculous. I was a dental assistant and I really like teeth. And I do, I really like teeth. And I graduated from dental school and I was fired six times, three times in six months. So at that moment, you're like, okay, wait, maybe this isn't the career for me. I had felt like such a failure in life. I was 20 years old, the career that I wanted, I wasn't as smart as most people like book smart. University wasn't an option for me. So I moved home out of need, necessity to my parents. My dad had opened a heating company around the same time. So heating like furnaces and, and oil tanks and stuff like that. And it's really hard to get fired from your dad. So he said, just answer phones for me, like wake up in the morning and you can answer phones for me in your pajamas. Seriously. And this is what happened. I actually called in sick one day from upstairs to downstairs. And I said, I can't make it to work. I'm sick. And my dad said, I will take the cordless phone up to you and you can still answer phones. My dad is a super wonderful, um, nice person. He would go out and fix a furnace in the middle of a Canadian snowstorm. He actually drove a snowmobile there to fix someone's furnace and he didn't get paid. So then it reverts back to me. If I don't collect this money for my dad's company, then I'm going to be a failure all over again. 
So I got a little crazy. I started researching collection techniques and credit policies in order to strengthen so that didn't happen to this company because I did not want it to fail. My fear of failure made me want to be successful. So in the first three years that I was with my father's company as a receptionist, office manager, credit manager, you know, all the hats, our accounts receivable AR was $35. So then other businesses started saying, hey, can you help me? Now, it's not really that easy when you don't have a formal business education. The only education you have is teeth to go into businesses and try to consult them on proper business practices. It was difficult, even in my own imposter syndrome head, but to develop a company based on nothing. Yes, I can see that. And being so young as well, because you don't have the world experiences of doing it on your own. I have a sneaking suspicion, though, you had a good tool in your tool chest. Like, I can imagine you getting on a call with somebody who owes money and it's like, hey, if you don't pay your bill, I see a root canal in your future. (laughs) And that would make anybody want to pay their bills. (laughs) So today I want to lighten things up a little bit. So to give context to the audience, I want to talk about your brand new book, Stories of a Debt Collector, Chasing Dollars, Delinquents, and Durangos. Tell us a little bit about this book. I compiled all, let's say, the crazy adventures that I got into, into this document and how every adventure, every story, what I learned from them, whether it was actually a collection of debt story, whether it was chasing people down, whether it was time spent with my family and memories we made, every time there was a lesson that I took into building a successful collection agency. And it is friggin' hilarious. I got the opportunity to read an advanced copy of it over the weekend. And, you know, I I wrote a review that says it's unputdownable because literally the stories are relatively short. And, but I mean, I laughed my full head off because I really, I couldn't, after I finished one story, it's like, I want to know what the next one is. And it was hilarious. And I loved how you tied kind of business lessons to each one of those stories. You know, one of the things that you had in in the book is this idea of try everything once. What what inspired this philosophy of try everything once, don't be afraid to take a risk? And what was the pivotal moment in your life that solidified that belief? So going back to being this epic failure, and I will tell you, we all have different family dynamics. And I am the one in the family that wasn't really book smart. And all my siblings have massive degrees from university. And oh, that's just Krista. She'll be okay. So I had a massive fear of failure. And once I was fired so many times, I didn't want to be that failure in the family. So it really drove me to try everything once. And when you hit rock bottom, when you have no job, your education and your career path is taken from you. You move back home with your parents at like 20 years old and and you feel like a complete failure. It's your rock bottom. So it is a pivotal moment when you're like, you know what? I'm going to try everything once. Try everything once enabled me to stop being scared and start Mm -hmm. experiencing the world. I love that. And because of that, this book was born because this book is all about all the different risks and all the things you've tried in one thread or another. But how do you strike a balance between taking, let's say, a calculated risk and avoiding the recklessness of, you know, in the moment decision making? There is a part of you that does have to do an evaluation before you do anything crazy spontaneous. Now, 
I will tell you some of the stories in this book you would not catch me doing now. I was young and I had something to prove to businesses. I had no education behind me. I had no credibility. And I was so young when I started that people really didn't believe that I could do this. So I had to make a name for myself. So I was, for lack of better terminology, a little bit crazy, a little bit edgy. So I would try things to be like, okay, if I get this, they'll believe in me and they'll tell someone else and then I'll get more business. So it was lack of education, lack of business and trying to prove myself in this collection world where it was traditionally dominated by males. Yeah. Well, I don't want to give away the book at all, but I can say that, you know, one of your stories in particular, well, there's more than one, but one of the, it sounded like it was like a comedy episode of something you'd see maybe in the office or something. And just the way that you wrote about it and you kind of let the reader experience it, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you had the gumption to be able to do that. <laughs> Can you think of a time though, a particular situation where your never die attitude was really put to the test and how you kind of emerged from it, aside from the fact that you lost your job living back home and so on? <laughs> so again, and we don't want to give away too much from the book, but there is a story yeah. about me chasing down a rather large gentleman. I'm 5'2". And I was a fast runner for a 5'2 little girl in track and field. And then you're trying to chase down someone to serve documents. And I don't know why I thought that this was a good idea. It was like, oh no, you're not going to run away from me. I'm going after you. Because I he didn't think that I would do it. So I don't want people to doubt me because I'll probably do it. You know, what a great attitude that is. Don't doubt me because I'm probably going to do it. So if it comes, you put my back up against the wall, be careful. <laughs> when we come back, I'd love to delve into some of your real world adventures. And we'll get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Haim. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhaim.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with KC Collect founder, Krista Walsh. You put this whole book together with these really great and really hilarious stories. Then you tied a business lesson to it. For those who are tuning in, how can business operators train themselves to start extracting lessons and insights from everyday occurrences or even the stuff that seems like just minor setbacks? I feel like I'm like one of those memes or those quotations that people get all motivated from. But Every challenge really is a learning opportunity. And if you have the mindset and you view it that way, then something will come out of it. I'm not saying that bad times don't happen or that I'm immune to bad times because we all are, but we really have to look at it that what can I learn from this? Okay. You know what? This wasn't the greatest experience and maybe I'm not going to have my lesson today, but down the road, I'm going to realize what lesson that brought me, how I've developed from that challenge. Yeah, I, you know, have been in many different situations over my 30 plus years in businesses where, you know, we're reactive to the problems that happen, the, you know, circumstances of stuff going on and just pulling out our hair wondering when is it going to get easier? 
But to your point, I think that, you know, if we can stop for a second and internalize why we made decisions the way we did, that we would actually end up with being able to internalize those lessons. Do you have a specific situation where that occurred for you? I would say like a lot of them, even when I applied for a collection agency license, it took me six months and I had to call every day because again, I was being judged that I was young. I had no business experience. I didn't even have a house to put an office in. So I remember at one point that I am sitting on this, at this desk in a spare room at my parents. And it was one of those chairs, old chairs that had the desk and the chair in one from an old schoolhouse and had like the compartment inside. And I remember um, that's all I had when I started. And I had been told no again by the province. They didn't want to give me a license because I didn't have all this behind me and thinking, okay, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to give up. Like I'll do something else. I'll just learn how to clean furnaces with these tiny little hands for the rest of my life. (laughs) Those are my options. But then you you came to it and you're like, no, like I'm not going to take no as the final answer. I'm going to call them back again tomorrow and see what else they need. And I'm determined in order to do this because no is not the final answer to me. I love that. You know, that is, I think one, if anybody's going to take anything from this episode, definitely jot that down. Don't take no as the final answer. Being brand new, being young and, you know, that trying to establish yourself in something that you didn't even know would work. What were some of the developmental tools that you needed in order to move yourself forward as you developed into the business that you have today? One of the biggest things, and again, no formal business education, I had to ask for help. Asking for help puts you in a vulnerable place where you're saying, I don't know it all and I'm inadequate in, in, in some way. And when you put yourself out there and ask for help, people generally want to help you succeed generally. So I think that's a really big thing that you need to be able to say, okay, you know what? I don't know it all. And I need help with PR or I need help with HR or I need help how to read a spreadsheet. And these are all things that that happened to me. And I was very lucky early on that I was set up with a mentor. And you said to take no is not the final answer away from this. My biggest thing is if I did not have a mentor, I would not be where I am today. Mm, that's so and you interesting. Don't need one mentor, you can have three mentors for different like places in your life. Yeah, and you know, where, so just out, out of curiosity, where did you find your mentor? <laughs> so I like stuff that's free because I was so poor when I started the company, and mm-hmm. someone suggested I contact the local chamber of commerce. They might have a program for new entrepreneurs, and I apply for everything. And there, there's no harm in, in putting your name forward and. The way that it's supposed to work out is as a mentee, you get to pick which mentor from the business community that you think would be a right fit for you. So you get a list of mentees. Mm -hmm. But apparently, this prestigious businessman saw a list of the available people to work with, and he picked me. And he called me and said, I saw your name. I want to work with you. Wow. And I was like, whoa, someone wants to work with me? Like, it was very flattering, but he had already believed in me and my company that he felt so strongly about partnering with me. Very cool. This idea of getting, going out and getting yourself a mentor, understanding where your weaknesses are. uh, Did you have any clarity in that or did it start first with a mentor 
before you got clarity of the other aspects that you were you had you were missing in your business model? Oh, I had no idea what I was doing in business. Let's just be really transparent. When I first started my company, I had a phone and I knew that I could make collection phone calls. I did not know how to run a business. I had that cute little desk and I actually had, this is going to age me a little bit, but I couldn't afford a phone line. So I put a select ring on my parents' landline to use as my collection agency. So if it rang too short and along, that was KC Collect up in my little tiny office. So I really had no idea what I was doing until someone sat me down. And it is a very vulnerable place to say, hey, I have this collection agency. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I remember the first day I sat down with my mentor. He said, what's your gross national something? And what do you do with your HR? And I just sat there and cried. And I was like, I'm never coming back. And then he was like, no, sit down. I'm going to help you every part of this journey. And he did. Wow. Yeah. He is incredible. One of my stories is dedicated to him in my book and and how to ask for help because he really believed in me when I really didn't believe in myself. And, you know, you have imposter syndrome. And when you have people that just want to help you and and don't want anything in return except for you to work out. Yeah, it's an interesting philosophy. I I had this conversation with another with another colleague about how when we tap into people we know to ask for advice, if they have never done it, they are like the biggest downers ever. I don't know why you're going to try this. You're going to go broke, right? They, and they, they just knock you down. But the people who have done it, the people who shine and who have kind of risen themselves are the ones who turn around and go, oh, no, I'll, I'll help you with this. This is easy. This is no problem. You can do this. <laughs> it's always uh, this dichotomy is really strange. Yeah. So people generally just want to help you succeed. Yeah, it's amazing. And but you know, again, you had the gumption to ask. You had the gumption to say, "Where can I get some some advice? Where can I get tap into some knowledge?" And you made you put yourself out there, which is again is just filling out the application of saying, "Hey, I want to mentor because I want to learn." Can really put us into a, a precarious position where we have to admit to the world we don't know what we're doing. Sucks. So for those people who are, you know, five years, 10 years into their businesses, I do know that a lot of people are like you. They're incidental entrepreneurs. They, they kind of fell into their business and they're do, just doing the best that they can. When it comes down to this idea of taking risks, doing everything once, would you have any advice that you would give to the world of these entrepreneurs to help them succeed? Sometimes you need to be unconventional. And I'm not saying illegal. I'm just saying that sometimes you need, and I hate analogies or cliches that are like, think outside the box. And then you think about this poster that was on the wall in the 1990s. But you really do have to think beyond your everyday work and you have to try things new. You have to, not every marketing uh, ploy or like PR thing is going to work out for you, but try different things and see what works out. There's no harm in asking. There's no harm in trying unless it's illegal. And I don't suggest that. Well, and as long as nobody dies and nobody gets hurt, you're on safe ground. <laughs> this is great. Krista, for people tuning in, how can we get hold of you if they want to uh, pick your brain? Well, I'm super approachable. If anyone ever wants to talk, send me an email and we'll hook up. We can 
set up a Zoom call. We can set up a phone call. If you call me on my direct line, you'll probably get collection, Krista, and won't be very responsive. So an email shout out first would be great. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like a totally different personality when I answer the phone. <laughs> I'm almost tempted just to make the call just to see how different you are on as collection, Krista. <laughs> For businesses who want to instill more of a risk-taking culture within their organizations, within their teams, are there any practices or routines that you think that they can adopt to not only take on risk themselves, but to encourage their employees maybe to fail forward a little bit? Again, I do think like risk to a certain extent can be very profitable. I don't think that I'm a risk taker. That's the funny thing. I think I'm like more like stay back, don't do anything that's like going to be financially risky or like, and then I think back on my career and I'm like, okay, whoa, you don't think that you're a risk taker, but all this happened. Like you really need to take like a, a laundry list sometimes and sit yourself down and be like, okay, you're not a risk taker. Are you sure? So I do think that being unconventional and trying new things is massive. Yeah. Well, you know, reading your book, there's absolutely no doubt in the world that you're not a risk taker. <laughs> Some of those stories, I, I peed myself when I was trying to put myself in your, as I was reading it, it was like, oh my God, that's just ridiculous. Without giving out too much away, you use the, the whole thing with Durango. Can you tell us about the most surprising or humorous encounter related to the Durango from your book? I I know it's a funny word to have in the title of your book, but when you're thinking of a title, I was actually chasing a gray Dodge Durango down a rural street. And I wouldn't call it a high speed chase because like we're in Atlanta, Canada here. There's not real high speed chases. There's no issue of safety. I have no idea why this massive man was running from me. Like, what was he thinking in his head? Like, that I was like packing and I was like from the mob, like, look at me. I'm not a scary person. But when he jumped in this Dodge Durango and sped away, I was like, what? So I chased after him. And then, and then he jumped out and then I tried to find him on foot because that's what a rational person would do in that situation. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Please tell me the car chase was a Durango and you were like driving a Kia or something. Honda Civic. Honda Civic. There you go. That made more sense. You know, I could see the aerial footage now. You know, the police helicopters are out. There's a Durango kicking up dust. And there you are in the Honda Civic going, I'm going to get you. (laughs) That that is where the title came from, because he jumped into an old beat up gray Dodge Durango. And I was like, I I didn't understand. It's really hard to comprehend why someone is running from you, first of all, and why they like jumped and ran. So like instincts, like Cam going after him. So that's what you do. And thankfully you managed to do that safely because that could have taken an ugly turn. (laughs) I'd like to get into your number one recommendation about taking risks and some cautionaries. And we'll get to that right after this. Attention meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hain for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful 
actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. As you could probably tell, Krista and I are passionate about helping entrepreneurs and business managers just like you. So if you belong to an industry association or an organization that's planning a conference or a leadership retreat, and you feel that we could be of service, feel free to drop us a line or do a connection request. Our details are in the show notes. This has been such a great conversation, Krista. I'm loving this. And I know that, you know, we could probably dig deeper into your your stories, but I don't want to give the book away. So I think ultimately, you know, where I'd like to go now is maybe think a little bit about this idea of, you know, cautionaries. When and somebody's talking about the fact that they're risk averse, that they don't like to take chances, they've done things the same way all the time. What are some of the cautionaries that you would recommend if they wanted now to shake that tree of risk and and do something a little different? You do have to weigh like what would happen. Like there's different situations. I mean, there's running after someone that you could like physically get injured. And then there's asking for help, which what's the worst that someone can say is no, or it's reaching out to someone and they say, I don't have time for you. That's okay. We don't know what's going on in people's lives that they can't help you at a certain time. And you have to realize like everyone has stuff going on for them. So when you reach out, you have to be prepared that some people are going to say no. If I just asked for help from one person ever and got a rejection and said no, I wouldn't be anywhere. If I want something done, no word of a lie. I ask about three people to get it done and see which one gets it done first. Love and it. then if Love they it. all come through, then great. Say, sorry, I asked this person as well. Now, you belong to a number of associations. How important is it for you to leverage the relationships you make in your various different associations? You mentioned Chamber of Commerce. I know you belong to the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. You probably belong to some sort of credit collections association as well. How important is it to belong to associations within our industry and how important is it to tap into those networks? So Mark, this is an excellent, excellent question. And let me be thoughtful by answering this. I built my entire business by networking with associations and meeting different people. So When I needed help or I reached out to someone, it would be someone within my professional network. I will give you an example. When I released my first book on successful debt collection, I didn't know what I was doing. And I just downloaded it on Amazon. All of a sudden, I was an author. So this time, promotion of the book, I reached out to different people within different networks within. And they were so excited to be asked to be a part of this book that it made it bigger and bigger and bigger. So the collection and credit industry, I reached out to a couple of associates and gave them an advanced copy and they gave me testimonials, but they were so excited to be asked. They were honored that they bought copies from their staff. And then I would reach out to the chamber of commerce. They've bought 150 books because they were excited to be asked. So using your professional network in order to help you succeed in business and using all those different people makes you succeed. I'm so glad you asked that question. What a great response, because all too often now, I know that various different associations, industry associations are struggling for membership. And the biggest question that people always have as being a member is, well, what will I get out of it? 
And I don't know, you know, I have, a, I have a phrase, and I reminded my mom yesterday that I created this phrase, that a man who thinks he has nothing to learn is as ignorant as his thoughts. Um, <laughs> and because I think what happens is we get so bogged down into our day-to-day that we fail to realize that outside our little world, there's a whole adventure of knowledge that we can be tapping into if we decide to put ourselves out there. So I love the fact that as a budding entrepreneur in your 20s, you leveraged early on, you jumped into associations where you were able to tap into the knowledge base of people around you. And the fact that even writing your book, you tapped into the brilliance of people who are out there doing the work. You know, for me, that's magical. And so to anybody tuning in, if you're not belonging to your industry association, give your head a shake. You got to belong to your industry association. There's so much knowledge out there. (laughs) Krista, as we wrap up, do you have any last thoughts about what we're talking about today? I'm just blown away by the last question because I think it is so important to leverage your professional network in order for you to succeed. Like again, and I know I'm I'm reiterating this, but with no formal business education, I had no idea what I was doing. So asking these people for help that was in my network, networking is massive to business success. I'm very passionate about it because you don't build a business sitting in a tiny office by yourself. I love it. And, you know, the number of entrepreneurs I've come across who are in exactly the same position that you were in or you are in, being a budding entrepreneur, you don't have the formal education, you just had a passion for something. Whether that is you're a welder, you're a cook, you're an eye doctor, going out and creating your own business around what you're doing, you're going to need your industry. You're going to need the people around you to help you. So I love this message that we've kind of focused in and fell into today. Thank you so much for sharing your passion with us and your expertise with us. And thank you so much for sharing your book with the world. I can't wait for it to come out next week. Again, can you remind us the title and remind us uh, how people can get it? So the title is Stories from a Debt Collector Chasing Dollars, Delinquents, and Durangos. And it's all about building your business and the trials and errors that happened and chasing down people sometimes, sometimes jumping off a cliff what lessons that we learned from it. Love it. And I love the fact that every story is punctuated with a lesson that you could tie to it, which was, I thought, was really brilliant. It turned a a very entertaining story into a life lesson. And I encourage people to get their copy. And you know what? Get copies for your staff because there's something magical about sharing that information. Krista, can you remind people one more time how they can get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me like on Facebook, LinkedIn, Krista Walsh, KristaTWalsh.com or KCCollect.com. If you just put in Krista Collection Agency, Atlanta, Canada, you'll find me. It's me. It's you. Thank you, Krista. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you on the show. It's so great to have you back. And thank you for sharing today. Thank you for having me, Mark. Why don't you let me know if this show was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below. It's the one that is marked meetwith.markhain.com. It would be my absolute honor for me to be of service to you. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and leave a comment or review about this episode? I'd love to get your feedback. Was this of value to you? What else would you like to see on this show? I would love to hear from you. My name is Mark Hain. I hope that you stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you dare to be the exception. 
Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhane.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you.